This is an Area Code podcast. So essentially, essentially, if you're white, leave a review. <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like only white people leave reviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, that that yeah 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 I. I get where you're going there, but uh, at first it it kind of felt a little weird. Oh, you're right. Yeah, in hindsight, <laughs> that is a rough thing to say. I only want your yeah. Never mind. Review regardless of your race or ethnicity. Yikes! <laughs> I'm sweating. Actually, bullets actually, coming down my forehead right now. I'm like that Jordan Peele gif from Key and Peele. Welcome back to Feel for the Game, the sports podcast where we talk about our feelings. I'm Nick. And I'm Noah. Noah, Noah, tell me tell me how you're doing today, because we're going to talk about your beloved Kansas Jayhawks. Yes, and usually that would lead to me being in very high spirits. But the specific game we are talking about today has upset me to my core. Oh, no. Because we're going to talk about the 2018 Final Four game between the Kansas Jayhawks and the Villanova Wildcats. I'm excited to hear about this. I know this is going to be painful for you, but I'm sort of excited excited to uh, experience your pain a little bit. Uh, there's no shame in I have no shame in that. Like I'm just I'm looking forward to hearing about how awful of a of a event this was for for you and i think it's gonna be fun has, I, anyone, I don't wanna, has anyone ever told you that you're a masochist <laughs> i don't know what that word means so <laughs> if, it's, if it's an insult it just went right past me <laughs> all right never mind that's we'll move forward then i think before we move on i feel like you're required to explain to me what that word means nope you can look it up <laughs> okay i do want to say before we uh start talking about Kansas basketball. I just wanted to say shout out to the people that listen to this podcast. We haven't really said thank you for listening yet, but we do appreciate the fact that people are listening to this. If you like Feel for the Game, please follow us on Instagram at Feel for the Game Pod. And also leave a review on iTunes if that's a thing. If you're a review person, like if you you know, try to find a new restaurant on Google and you check the reviews in order to make your decision. If you're that type of person, go ahead and drop a review for Feel for the Game because that'd be cool. But only say good things. If you got bad things to say, so essentially, just... essentially, if you're white, leave a review. <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like only white people leave reviews. <laughs> oh, but I, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get where you're going there, but uh, at first it, it kind of felt a little weird. Oh, you're right. Yeah. In hindsight, <laughs> that is a rough thing to say. I only want your, yeah. Never mind. Review, regardless of your race or ethnicity. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sweating. Actually, Bullets actually, coming down my forehead right now. I'm like that Jordan Peele gif from Key and Peele. Actually, if you are a white reviewer, we're going to actually push your review to the bottom and uh, 
put the put the people of color reviews higher than yours. So there we go. That'll that, make up for hundreds and thousands of years of oppression. <laughs> oh man, hundreds of thousands. You're like comparing humanity to trees at that point, I think. Let's not get into an evolution debate. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about the 2018 uh, Final Four game between the Kansas Jayhawks um, and the Villanova Wildcats. Yes. And what, what were the seeds of both teams going into this game? Uh, they were both ranked number one. Okay. They, they were both the top seeds in their region. Uh I can't remember. One of them was the number one overall seed. I can't remember which team it was. I think Kansas. I think they're the top seed that year, like overall. But I could be wrong on that. Um, The other side of the bracket, you have the Michigan Wolverines, who were like a three seed, I want to say. And you had the 11th seed, Loyola uh, Ramblers, out of the Missouri Valley Conference. Shout out, MVC. Shout out Missouri Valley, shout out Chicago, shout out Jalen Rose, all that. Yeah, Jalen Rose didn't go to Loyola, he went to Michigan, lest you be confused. I know, but you said that. For audiences who may not know. Um, So that's the final four setting. I don't want to go on. I think we should end the episode right there. (laughs) Wait, I Um, actually want to set the stage a little bit because I I think that this is important to, to note. The the game before the game we're talking about, Kansas plays Duke, and it is a thriller. Like this is they're neck and neck the whole time. They actually go into overtime. All time classic. In my head, that's the national championship game, and there were no games played <laughs> after it. It's a I mean, it's like a nail biter. I rewatched this in preparation for this podcast. We we actually do a little bit of prep, believe it or not. Yeah. And but it doesn't come through. <laughs> the game I mean the game was amazing and like I I I want to obviously we're going to get into it but I I want to know what it was like for you to be coming off of a game like that Kansas Duke game where Kansas pulls it out in overtime into a game like Kansas Villanova a couple yeah, days later Yeah so I watched Kansas Duke in the Elite 8 at a, a friend's house there were you know three or four of us there and I am pacing around their living room. I am punching the air. I am screaming obscenities, which was problematic mainly because they lived in a Christian housing. Um, but I was shouting obscenities nonetheless. And I got to watch Kansas not only beat Duke, who is like the Yankees or the Cowboys or the Lakers, like you either love them or you hate them. So I got to watch them beat Duke. So I actually am kind of, I don't mind Duke. I like Coach K a lot. Um, but not only did they beat Duke, they ended Grayson Allen's career. And that was just a beautiful <laughs> thing to behold. So I I had that joy in my heart. I don't remember. Are you Are you just saying because Duke lost the game and that was Grayson's last game at Duke? Is that where you're getting yeah, at? Yeah. He was okay. a senior, so that was his last game at Duke, yeah. and then he goes to the NBA. The um, maybe the only guy in Duke's history that was more disliked than JJ Redick at the time, like during college, right? Like, uh, no, because Christian Leitner is the most hated Duke sh- player. 
That's fair. That's fair. Um. Anyway, so that happens, and I am yeah filled with joy. Uh my beloved Jayhawks get to go back to the Final Four. The year prior to that, they made it to the lead eight again. They played in Kansas City. They lose by fourteen to the Oregon Ducks, led by Jordan Bell and Dylan Brooks. Kansas had Player of the Year Frank Mason. He was the only player that knew how to play basketball that night for Kansas, <laughs> and they get embarrassed in like what's essentially a home game in Kansas City. They lose and get knocked out. The year before that, who do they play in the Elite Eight? But the Villanova Wildcats, who beat them to go to the Final Four, where they absolutely demolished Buddy Heald in Oklahoma en route to another national championship over North Carolina. That's the famous Chris Jenkins buzzer beater uh, from Ryan Archidiakono. So, shout out to the Chicago Bulls. Yes, shout out to them. I'm just going to shout out people as you, <laughs> as, you name, as you name different players, I'm just going to shout out where they are currently in their lives. So, okay, well, Jordan Bell, shout out. I think he's still to Warriors. Dylan Brooks, shout out. Grizzlies. Um, well, I just mean like guys that I like are on, on teams that are important to me. Oh, okay, know, okay. But uh, it's, it's okay. So that'll have. So I had watched them lose in the Elite Eight to Villanova. Villanova goes on to win the championship. I watched them lose to Oregon in the, champion, or in the Elite Eight. That year, Carolina ends up beating Gonzaga in the championship. Elite Eight, yet again, we beat Duke. Hallelujah, Final Four. And then we see Villanova. Both of those teams, the last times that those two teams have won championships, they played each other, and the winner of that game went on to win the championship. In 2008, Kansas played Villanova in the second round, went on to win a championship. 2016, Villanova beats Kansas in the Elite Eight, goes on to win a championship. So in my mind, especially with Michigan and Loyola on the other end, winner of this game wins the championship. Even though the last time Michigan and Kansas played Michigan upset Kansas yeah. in the Sweet 16. Neither here nor there. I don't hold grudges. Uh, <laughs> except I fucking hate Trey Burke from that game. So it all happens. I don't remember. My, my timeline might be off. It was either prior to the Elite Eight game by a couple days or and I think this is accurate or it was right after that Elite Eight game. I get engaged. So joy upon joy. My favorite team's doing things, and I'm now engaged to get married. Fast forward a week. It's my engagement party. We're at our friend's apartment, as poor college kids are wont to do. And we have a party. It's pre-COVID. Not a mask in sight. Just people enjoying themselves. And I'm wearing my Kansas shirt, my Kansas hat, you know, it's an engagement party, but I am made it very clear that once this game is on, the engagement party is over. I'll be sitting down <laughs> and I'll be watching this game. Wait, so question about that. Yeah. Uh, do things actually kind of come to a halt within the, the party? Like, are oh. you guys hanging out? And then I started, out of, out of- I started kicking people out maybe 30 minutes before the game. I was like, oh, yeah, that game's about to be on. I'm going to turn it on so I can, like, eye the pregame stuff while I'm still kicking people out. And a, a, couple, a couple of people stayed and, like, hung out and, like, watched the game with me. But, like, I, I did a good job of clearing out people that didn't care about the game okay. so that I could watch the game in peace. Wow. Um, okay. 
So I've got some friends there watching with me. And things go poorly very quickly, immediately, one might say. They get down like 11 to 2, and Villanova is just... I mean, it, they're like the, the Warriors. It's just threes left and right. They end the first half like 13 for 18 on threes. And they have... I think they score like 47 points in the first half. 39 of them were three-pointers. That's, That's absurd. Amazing. That is absurd. Amazing. Kansas only scores like 20... Like, and here's, Kansas didn't even play that poorly in the first half, like they just couldn't keep up with the onslaught that Villanova was pouring in. And so it looks like, I mean, it was a bloodbath, but if if Villanova wasn't hitting these, this amount of threes that had never happened before, that was a record. It would have like Villanova was going to win that game regardless, but it would have at least looked clean. But instead it was just a massacre. Second half. Was this the red wedding for, was this the red wedding for Kansas? <laughs> this was the red wedding of Kansas basketball. That might be accurate. Like, it was just... Listen, I'm a Kansas fan. That's clear. Years and years and years of disappointment in the tournament. I am accustomed to being disappointed. We got Bucknell. We've got Bradley. We've got Wichita State. We've got Northern Iowa. We've got that Oregon, that Michigan. We've got whenever Arizona beat us when Paul Pierce was in college used to being disappointed as a Kansas fan, but there is something uniquely distressing <laughs> about getting that far. And then the red wedding reigns of Casimir start playing arrows are yes. shot daggers planted in bellies throats slit. It was horrendous to see <laughs> my joyous day of engagement very quickly turned into a horrendous night. I needed more than a couple Coors Light and PBRs to to make it through the rest of the evening. Uh, they ended so up losing the game a... like 95 to 79, I believe, or 96 to 79. They actually, the second half, Kansas only gets outscored by one point. Mm-hmm. It, but because of the first half, it felt like it was relevant. It was just, you look at it and you go, oh, wow, 16 point. Yeah, Villanova blew him out. So that was, it was hard. I did not enjoy my time. I am upset that forever my engagement party is linked to one of the worst viewing experiences that I've ever had as a Kansas fan. So now this this all makes me think of another question because I, I feel like a lot of your sports moments, whether they're the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl or this Jayhawks uh massacre them them losing so so badly they they always they they seem to resolve like to revolve around some form of punching whether that's air or your leg or walls is that like hey i have never punched a wall oh wait let me me make that very clear But like physical physical expression is that your your emotions Yes, that's how <laughs> I, maybe I'm the masochist. I punish myself. No, punching the air, that's just like a fist bump or like a, uh, that's like Tiger yeah. Woods, you know, like that's nothing. But yeah, part of it is just, I, I, I get so anxious and I need a way to express that anxiety. I need an outlet for it. Yeah. And I have been put in certain positions in my life where I'm not always able to do that the way I would want to, which would be pacing the room or 
yelling or whatever. And so it resolves to me just, you know, kind of punching my leg. That's just an outlet or whatever. I don't know, dude. It's it's weird. I did the same thing. I, I, I just imagine next time we go play basketball and like you're wearing shorts, I just see a bunch of, bunch of like, bruises. <laughs> bruises on your legs. And it's just like, no, it's just been watching, been watching, been watching sports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I okay. Real quick, there's another there's another famous Kansas massacre at the hands of Kentucky to bring them up again at the Champions Classic. So it's like their second or third game of the year, and Kansas gets beat like seventy five to like forty two, like just blown out. And at the time, I was living with this nice family in Indiana because I was working at a church out there, uh, and I'm sitting in their living room watching the game, and they're all like, "Oh, hey, what's going on?" And sit down, start watching the game with me because they had just gotten back from dinner or whatever. And I have to like hide how pissed off that I am that I'm watching them get destroyed and they're trying to have like pleasant conversations. So I'm just like very calmly like pinching my leg or something because I'm so <laughs> frustrated. But I have no way of outletting it because I'm surrounded by this very nice family. Yeah. So yeah, I can, who, I have who's allowed you to, yeah, they've allowed you to graciously stay with them. You, yeah, you can't, the, you can't make them think that you're a psychopath. Yeah, they're letting me stay there for free. I can't just be like, ah, God damn it, Kansas, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> they kick me out immediately. I okay, so watching big games are, I think, something that a lot of sports fans can relate to. And I think there's obviously two ways that this can go. The game is either close, mm-hmm. um, or it is a blowout. And I, for me, it has always been easier for me to watch blowouts. I, I'm, I much rather see my team lose in a blowout than to see a really, really close game that, that ends up in a loss for the team that, that I want to win. Now that's different. That's different mm-hmm. if I'm watching uh, a team like teams that have no, no, no fan rooting interest in, right? Like uh, a great example of this is game five of the NBA finals, Miami and, and LA. That was an amazing game to watch because I had no mm-hmm. rooting interest. I just wanted to see a good game. However, if, if I was a, a diehard Miami Heat fan or a diehard Lakers fan, that game would have been so stressful and it would have just, it would have destroyed me in so many ways because of how tense it was. So I want to know, like, for you watching this game, is it is the blowout Bro, no, 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 no. worse? Or would you have rather a close game, Kansas still loses? Give me but... a close game every time. Okay. Because here's the thing. Getting blown out, it's just embarrassing. And it's just like, holy, like Kansas did not belong on this stage. Close game, you, yeah, like it's. It's different feelings, right? Like if you're getting blown out, you just have to sit there in your sorrow and pity for 40 minutes watching them get destroyed the entire time. Or it's a close game. They lose at the very end. And, you know, it's just like, okay, well, one or two things could have gone the other way. Like that was just a good hard fought game and they didn't pull it out. And like, that's fine. But at least they like fought and had a chance. They, They gave themselves a chance. You can think back and go, oh, if they got that one rebound instead of giving up that putback, you know, that was like a momentum killer. Mm-hmm. Whereas this game, it's like, oh, if they didn't get outscored by 20 points in the first half, then they would have had a chance. Uh, so no, I would, I would rather lose a close game because at least there's some dignity in that. Getting your ass kicked is just like, well, that was embarrassing. 
And yeah. now for the next five years, anytime talks Kansas basketball, they're going to look at that embarrassing loss. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Okay, so I'm going to say real quick, um, in terms of how this like game personally impacted me, it really didn't. I am not a Kansas Jayhawks fan. I'm not a Villanova Wildcats, Wildcats fan. Uh, I do love the tournament, however, so I do remember watching this game. I don't remember experiencing it in the same way you did, obviously. Uh, but I will say, like, looking back and doing the research for this podcast, it was really fun to watch that Duke game, that Duke-Kansas game, and to re-watch some of the Vill- Villanova-Kansas and just see how on fire Villanova was into some of the nostalgic factor of like watching these old, old quote unquote, right? Like they, they're still young kids, but like watch these guys from a couple of years ago who are now in the NBA and seeing where they're at now. It was, it was a fun little nostalgic thing. So in terms of personal impact, very low for me, not a lot of emotion attached to it other than just like the fun, uh, the fun sort of basketball fandom uh, aspect of just kind of watching threes rain down uh, like it was the Red Wedding and and the, the close game between Kansas and Duke uh, the couple nights before. So I'm going to go two out of ten for this, for the personal category. Every word you just said there was another arrow from the Red Wedding directly into my heart. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is obviously was huge for me. The game itself was big and just the memory tied into it of where I was not only where I was when I watched it but like I I would remember this game if I were at my house or if I was at a friend's house but the fact that it was my engagement party like it's an 8 out of 10 for me Uh, there's just too much wrapped up in the viewing of this game Um, yeah from the joys of winning the Adelaide 8 game and the joys of being engaged to the immediate cratering of watching a massacre take place but you can't look away it's like a train wreck um yeah i got out of it it didn't ruin my engagement i still got married and then kansas had a shitty year the following year and i was prepared for it why because i just got watched them get their ass kicked um <laughs> yes yeah, so i'm gonna go eight out of ten on this one cool okay let's uh let's get into how this impacted the culture and uh spoiler alert it didn't have a lot of impact. It didn't. Move on. We're done. The final four had <laughs> cultural impact. And by that, I mean, if you know anything about that year's final four, you know, as Loyola making it to the final four and specifically old sister Jean, you know, their, uh, I don't know if she, I actually was their chaplain that they had. That was like a billion years old. That's what you remember. You don't remember Kansas and Villanova. You don't even remember that Villanova beat Michigan. In the championship. You remember zero of that. Uh, actually, I take it back. You remember this tournament also, because that's the year, I believe that's the year that Virginia beat, or uh, lost to UMBC in the first round. Yeah, fact, I don't I know think... It was, because the following year, Virginia beat Texas Tech in the championship. Um, yeah. Shout so out the to tournament had, Yeah, the tournament had cultural impact. This game did not. So zero out of ten. I'm just going to, we don't need to hamper on this yeah. too long. It's zero out of ten. Yeah, for sure. Like the the NCAA tournament is always culturally relevant. It's always a big moment where the the country as a whole kind of gets to do the same thing for a couple of weeks and and kind of have a shared moment. Uh, so in, in terms of that, it, it's culturally relevant. But in this game in particular, you're right. It 
it doesn't really matter in yeah. terms of American and, culture. And in culture, like when you're watching the tournament as a culture, when it turns into a blowout, it's immediately meaningless. Like that yeah. Duke, that Duke Kansas game has a much more of a cultural impact than this Duke Villanova game because people stopped watching because it was a blowout. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I'm gonna go zero out of ten as well. Yeah, and we can jump over into uh, how this game uh, impacted sort of basketball as a, in general. We, yeah. we won't necessarily stick to college basketball, but just how did this game impact uh, basketball as a whole? So one way we can look at it, we, we keep talking about Villanova and their threes. So that year, that was the most three-pointers made in the first half in the Final Four. That In that game, they broke the record for most three-pointers made in a season, just overall. So it really it just rehashed Villanova's style as like a winnable style. And really all that was was bringing a Warriors and a Rockets-type style to the collegiate level, just surrounding, getting good shooters every position and letting them go to town. Uh, this championship alone could have done that, but the fact that it was their second championship in three years really brought that home. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to see more college teams do that. Just rely on these 18-year-old kids to nail threes throughout an entire game. Yeah, and I, I think that is the the big takeaway with, in terms of how this game impacted the sport. And, and it's not that Villanova is the first team to shoot as many threes as to shoot and make as many threes as they did in this game. But it, it, it just sort of further proves the the analytics that have sort of taken over basketball, which is to say, hey, the best shots that you can take are layups and three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Like mid-range jump shots, floaters in the lane, giving the ball, like dumping, the down, dumping down the ball to your power forward for a turnaround jump shot. Like these shots are in a lot of ways archaic and the best way to play, play basketball is to take layups and threes in high quantities and hope you make them. And yeah. if you make them, great. If you don't, try again the next night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I really like... Again, it didn't do much to change the game of basketball. It, it is interesting, like you said, so many of these players went on to the NBA. For Kansas, that would mainly be from that year would be Devontae Graham, who's down in Charlotte right now, just had a huge year, should have been most improved player. LeBron James agrees with me. So if you disagree I'm, I'm with prepared, me, you're wrong. Hey, man, no, I'm prepared to agree with you at this point. Yeah. I, yeah, he's, 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 he's great. Yeah, so you had you had him for Kansas. You also had uh, Sviatoslav Mikhailuk or Svi Mikhailuk. Uh, he played for the Lakers for a little bit, and then I believe he's still in Detroit right now. Uh, that dude came to Kansas as a 16-year-old from the Ukraine. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine that being my life. Um, Is that how does that work? Was he he wasn't he wasn't on campus at that age, was he? Yeah, no, at 16 years old. Maybe he was 17, but 16 or 17, okay. he came to Kansas and was a freshman playing in their games and wow. practicing with them. Um, so you had those two. You had Malik Newman, who had a huge game in that Elite Eight. Uh, he's probably in the G League right now. Yudoka Azabuki played on that team. He will... There's a small possibility he goes undrafted, to be honest. Uh, this upcoming draft, but my guess mm-hmm. is that he'll get drafted like early to mid second round. Uh, and then in Villanova, you had a lot of pros. You had Amari Spellman, Eric Pascal, Jalen Brunson, shout out Chicago, uh, Mikhail Bridges, Phil Booth. So, I mean, yeah, you, Dante DiVincenzo comes off the bench in that team. He sets a record in the championship game with 31 yeah. points off the bench. 
So this a lot of NBA players that we will most likely be seeing for the foreseeable future. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think so. I watched Jalen yeah. Brunson in high school drop 56 points in the state semifinals and then give the bird to the crowd as he walked off. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah, I mean, those um, guys have carved out roles in on NBA teams. I mean, specifically like DiVincenzo playing for Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Playing playoff minutes uh, for that team. Eric Pascal, I think, is going to be really interesting to see what he does with Golden State uh, if they continue to give him opportunities next mm-hmm. year. Uh, so, yeah, man, like a couple, couple NBA players came out of that game, and we just kind of see, like, the the proof of the three ball working. Yeah. So, that's it. Again, this game, huge impact on me. But culturally, I mean, honestly, kind of irrelevant. And to the game as a whole, not the most relevant. I'm only going to give it a 3 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go, like, only slightly higher. I'll say 4 out of 10. I do think, like, the... the I, 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 I like the idea of the analytics being confirmed uh, about the three ball, for, for better or worse. I don't know if that's good for the NBA or good for basketball. I'm not sure yet. We'll have to see. Uh, yeah as time plays out in the future, but like, but it's, it's interesting to see that concept be proven correct sort of over and over again, unless you're the Houston Rockets. Yeah. And then you go over 35 in a playoff game. Yeah. So cool. So that puts me at an 11 out of 30 puts you at a six out of 30 for a 17 out of 60 overall. Uh, honestly higher than I thought we were going to be. Uh, and I can promise you, listeners, listen to me closely. The next time we talk Kansas basketball, you're getting tens across the board from your guy Noah here. We're going <laughs> to talk. Maybe it's Kansas-Memphis championship game. Maybe it's the Kansas-Oklahoma triple overtime game where both teams are ranked number one. I don't know what it'll be yet, but you're getting tens across the board from old Noah. That's my guarantee to you. I really, I really hope we do the uh, Kansas Memphis because Derrick Rose is in that in that one, so that'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. You say you really hope as if you and I aren't the ones that decide what to do. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to stay alive. You know, yeah, like yeah, I don't know, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring on everybody here. But Nick and I make the decisions. <laughs> Let's leave as we've been doing. Originally, it was with a song. We're kind of opening it up to anything. Nick's allowing me to be the one to choose what we're using to represent this episode. And uh, I'm going to go with my old boy, Kurt Vonnegut. If you know me, I'm a big Kurt Vonnegut fan. And from his book, Catch Cradle, he paraphrases a very famous quote when he says, of all the words of mice and men, the saddest are it might have been. And that's how I feel about this, because, you know, Kansas probably could have and should have won a championship game that year, much like they probably would have won the championship this year. Holy crap, man. They didn't. And now I'm sad because it might have been. And what might have been, what, how much better would my engagement party have been if I wasn't in a piss poor mood by the time I left because I just watched Kansas get drubbed? It might have been better, but we'll never know. And that's why they are the saddest words of mice and men. In, in full transparency, I teared up after you read that. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that for kicks. I'm not saying that for shits and giggles. <laughs> like, like that Kurt Vonnegut quote legitimately just made me tear up. 
not because I don't know why. I don't I, I can't explain why. It just it just did. So the power that's, of Kurt Vonnegut. Long live Kurt. Yeah, rest in power. End it there. Fuck it. That's he, where we're done. He, he probably doesn't believe in like uh life after death, does he? No, no way in hell. Yeah. He probably would not want us to say he said anything about him. He said that on his tombstone he wants it to say that the only proof he needed for the existence of God was music. Okay. But he Simple man. He didn't believe in the afterlife. Come on now. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you making me cry on this fine Friday. We did it. If you had bets that it was going to take more than five episodes, <laughs> you win. But we finally got there. Go collect your winnings or pay up, you fucking chump. <laughs> All right, until next time, this has been Feel for the Game. We need to, like, figure out a way to end this. Nope, we just ended it perfectly. Bye. Feel for the Game is an Area Code production. Produced and edited by Nick Thompson and Noah Kirby. Follow Feel for the Game on Instagram at Feel for the Game Pod. And to learn more about Feel for the Game and Area Code, visit areacodenetwork.com. This is an Area Code podcast.